Bat Force Radio. Bat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? No closer, Batman, unless you want a stampede of half-crazed humanity crushing and clawing each other. The Scarecrow, Batman the Animated Series. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey everyone, and welcome to Bat Force Radio, a Batman talk show podcast dedicated to everything Batman and DC Comics, DC Entertainment, so on and so forth. Here at Bat Force Radio, we cover breaking news with Batman and DC in the comic book realm, film, television, video games, media, collectibles, and anything you can think of that has to do with Batman or DC. You could subscribe to Bat Force Radio over on iTunes or SoundCloud, so definitely catch up because we have a huge year of coverage ahead of us. We have a super special guest in the building tonight, pretty much royalty when it comes to modern Batman comic book art. He's done Cyberforce, Avengers, Moon Knight, Wonder Woman. He's also written and drawn the Dark Knight series and is now chosen alongside groundbreaking writer Tom King to spearhead the DC Comics Rebirth campaign by taking over Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder's groundbreaking Batman run. Ladies and gentlemen, we have David Finch in the building tonight. Let's get it cracking. Welcome, David, and thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Um, so yeah so, uh, sorry you couldn't make it the other night. I understand you had some uh, obligations during the Batman comic, so uh, you know, <laughs> they got, so it can't be any better. So first, how's it going? And then how's everything, Dave? Yeah, things are good. You know, uh, weather's starting to get a little better here, so it's nice. I'm trying to get outside at least a little bit every day, but up to my elbows right now. We have uh, a pretty tight schedule coming up with, right. with all the books across the DC universe. They're they're shipping, you know, every two weeks, so. Mm. Uh, I can't afford to, I can't afford to lose a little bit of time here and there. I, I tend to do that, and you know, I kind of have a history of by around the fourth issue or maybe the fifth issue, uh, I kind of slow down just a little bit, and I just can't do that this time. So it's it's a big responsibility. Huge because with the level of detail in your work, that takes you know an extraordinary amount of time. I just can't imagine how uh, how on the ball you have to be, you know, to go through something like that and make sure all the deadlines are met. Yeah, well, thank you. It, it can be it can be a lot of work, and you know, I, I know right now I'm working with Matt Banning, uh, Bat the Inker, who's absolutely phenomenal. He's doing a beautiful job, and you know, it's it's tough going on him too because both of us have got the same schedule, and I always feel badly when I, I draw, you know, a page with a huge, almost full page shot of uh, you know looking down into Gotham City, the buildings, the whole deal, and it's a lot, you know, for me. When I draw, I tend to freehand that stuff, and he's got to go in there with a ruler, and I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing a great job. Especially with the rain. Like, I know you love rain, and uh, that yeah. must take a ton of work to, you know, to get through the ink and whatnot. Oh, yeah, it doesn't take me any work at all. I just throw it in there. <laughs> just right in the there corner, go, add buddy. rain. <laughs> I don't say add rain, but pretty close. I don't use a ruler, that's for sure. That's awesome. Hey, Dave, so maybe real quick, can you tell us how it, like the journey started, how you were like first introduced to comics or first gained interest in them and how you broke in the industry and, you know, like the origin of David Finch? Can you just like give us a little insight about that? I... 
I always struggled with school. It was it was really never for me. I think you know it's something that happens to a lot of people. And I knew that I could draw. Um, and I, I used to sit in my class and, and draw pictures uh, all day instead of doing my schoolwork. But I just never saw a path where I, I could turn it into a career. Really, I, I saw art as being you know like fine art, and it's something that just never appealed to me. It still doesn't. I, I like to look at you know a beautiful painting, but it just never really. It's not what's ever moved me. And uh, my sister used to read comics. I, I never did as a kid. Really, I wasn't exposed to them. And one day, I picked up one of her books. It was it was actually uh, John Byrne's X Men. So I think oh, wow. I got lucky with what I picked up. And uh, I was 20. I was already, um, I had already dropped out of high school. So, you know, uh, it, it kind of came around at the right time for me. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, the minute I saw it, uh, I started looking for, for more X-Men books. And that led me to Mark Silvestri's X-Men stuff. I'm sure you guys remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's when I thought, okay, wow, this is what I want to do. His stuff is just so visceral and... Um, he had Dan Green inking him at the time, if you guys remember. And Dan, he's a, he's a very loose brush inker. And I think that looseness made me feel like, wow, you know, maybe I could do this. Because John Byrne's stuff was so clean and precise. It just never occurred to me that I could even try it. And I've since learned how difficult it is to ink and draw, you know, the way that Mark and, and Dan were, were working at the time. But at the time, I had no idea. So I just jumped in and um, I've been doing it ever since. I, it's... Uh, who did you like submit your first drawings to and and what was the feedback on that and then what was your like first assignment i well i just showed my work to everybody and the first person i showed my work to he reached under the this is at a convention he reached under the table and he said look at this and i looked at the work and i said well it looks pretty good and he said this is garbage and you know an artist that's working for me turned this in it's trash i can't even use it and this is a lot better than what you're doing and that was, you know, that was the first guy I ever talked to. It was was that guy Neil was, Adams? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even remember anymore. And uh, and then I I talked to some professional artists, and you know there there were some that that just glanced at it and weren't really interested in helping, and others were incredibly helpful. I I just tried to follow up on everything that they said as much as I possibly could and take all of their advice. Uh, it took me two years of going to conventions, going back home, and then trying to figure out and work through all the things that, that people told me. And I got my first shot uh, with Top Cow Productions, part of Image Comics. Uh, so I was actually working for Mark Silvestri, who's my favorite artist. And, you know, I don't think it was entirely a coincidence. I was so influenced by his work that it was a good fit for me. Um, and I started doing, you know, just backgrounds and um, pinups and, and little things here and there while I was learning. And it was really a learning environment. There were 10 other artists. Joe Benitez was there. Mike Turner came in, I think, a month after I came in. Um, Billy Tan. And uh, and we all kind of fed off of each other. And, I, you know, I think all of us really grew a lot faster artistically than we would have you know, had we just been working at home. So it was a, it was a huge deal for me. And, you know, Mark is, is a great guy, a great mentor and a great boss. So I was very lucky. I was there for seven years. Did you ever think while you're going through the process of, of becoming a comic art artist, I know a lot of artists, they'll, they'll dabble in different industry and careers, like maybe a tattoo artist. Have you, did you ever dabble in that? Um, well, I have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never tattooed anybody else. I tattooed myself a little bit, uh, which is craziness, but I did it. So, and uh, that was probably ten years ago. And I, I, that's all I've really done with that. 
Uh, I've painted a lot in my spare time. Well, when I've had spare time here and there, I love painting. I wish I could do it more. Uh, I would love to be able to paint covers. I don't think DC would prefer it. They'd rather have covers. I, I'm not the best painter. I think that's probably why. Mostly. Hey, Dave, real quick, um, Dark Knight number one, the first run, was that cover, was that painted? Yeah, that was acrylic. Okay, yeah, I know it's because the texture on it, it's, that's, it's just brilliant. I love that cover so much. Just curious, do you have any, um, do you draw any inspiration for any specific fine artists from the past or any periods of time? Yeah, my favorite fine artist is Simon Bisley. Bisley, he's a, an English artist. He did Lobo, probably most famously. Right. He did, um, and he's done some uh, some really gnarly kind of Batman designs as well. Yeah, he's like the ultimate, you know, angry, muscly, veins everywhere kind of artist. And I, I'm a huge, huge fan. I always have been. Uh, he's heavily influenced by Frank Frazetta, who is also, I, I love Frank Frazetta. And uh, Frank Frazetta, if you're not familiar, I'm sure everybody mostly is but he's uh he was a uh, fantasy novel artist he did conan really famously and uh death dealer was his own creation it was some of his most famous work he's incredible and you know in another life i would love to be a fantasy artist and do you know painted covers and that kind of thing but it seems like those days are kind of gone all that stuff is done digitally now and you know a lot of it's just photographs and design so it's things are changing yeah, oh, maybe maybe um, on variant covers or whatnot. I know. Um, I think Gabriel Delato was doing a lot of painterly stuff recently for some variants, and uh, that's really the core of what he does. Gabriel, and I mean, the stuff is it, it's beautiful. I, I've seen some of the alternate covers. He's done some retail exclusives for DC lately, and they're they're stunning. Amazing. Yeah, you know, I, I'd love to get a chance to do that. I just as it is right now, um, I have to say, I feel like I'm getting the best scripts I've ever gotten. It, it, they're unbelievable. I, it sounds like hyperbole, but, you know, I think Tom King is, is an absolute genius. It's, you know, he's incredible. So I, I'm putting every second that I have into these pages. I feel like this, this, this is a special project for me. Smart move that uh, DC uh, locked him up on, uh, on an exclusive deal with how much everyone has been liking everything he's done lately, uh, Vision and uh, Sheriff of Babylon and Grayson. Uh, that yeah. they finally just locked him up exclusively is fantastic. From what I hear, it was it was you know he was very very in demand, so yeah. we're we're very lucky to have him. To be in the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was mayhem leading up to the announcement of who's going to take over the Batman run. It was just like nonstop talk and you know worry about you know it's almost like movies where you were worried about what actor's going to play what role or your favorite character or whatnot, but. When they did announce your name for the uh, the artist taking over the big title, everyone was just absolutely pleased and relieved that you were going to take it over because of... Uh, I think we talked yeah, about that on an earlier podcast and all kind of threw out our guesses and theories. And yeah, it was Dave, like a wish list. Sort and, of and Dave, when they you were at the top of my wish list, so <laughs> you're, you're welcome, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he got you the job. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, but but this is this is no um, new territory to you in a sense because well, first of all, you're gonna hold the world Guinness Book of World, you're gonna hold the record, the world record for most Batman number one issues ever because I think with with the Dark Knight, you, I think you did the Dark Knight one and then they rebooted everything, so six months later you did another one, yeah. and now you're gonna do the new Batman number one for Rebirth. So that's that's awesome. A lot of people would be scared to take you know to take up that throne, but 
He had drawn and written a whole Batman title. He's I mean, used that's to it now. Intense. It's no big deal. And I understand you had you did a, like a lot of Batman reading up to the point when you were going to take over Dark Knight. Anything like specific that you were reading into before taking over that run or starting that run, I should say. Yeah, well, I read a lot. Um, I, I think just offhand, and I'm still looking at it and reading it now, is the uh, the Tim Sale, um, Long Halloween, and Dark Victory, that stuff. Oh, the Jeff Loeb Tim, Tim Sale yeah. stuff, yeah. That's so oh, right, sorry, Jeff Loeb, who I've worked with, and I love these. Uh, yeah, not just Tim Sale. It's, because I love Tim Sale's art. I think he, he is so... he's. So great with with he's not a designing artist, but he knows when to make a figure big and when to make a scene big and when to and how to progress his shots. I think he's he's phenomenal. So I look at it for that, and then I end up reading the whole book again. And you know, I, I'm like, oh no, I just lost an hour when I should be working. <laughs> he, he's a very cinematic type artist, and that yeah. Driving home today, that I had a question come to mind that I wanted to ask you because a lot of mine are are because I'm kind of a scratch artist myself. But also, I want our listeners to kind of get inside your head as, you know, a professional DC comic artist, especially drawing the, the top title on the, on the roster. Planet. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you watch movies or TV, and do you watch them objectively to see, like, you know, camera angles and lighting to think, huh, that's something I could put in a panel or something like that? Or do you just basically take the script that a writer gives you and interpret it off what the writer gives, gives you? Well, I try and do both. You know, I, first and foremost, I try to be as true as possible to the script that I get from a writer because especially, you know, working with, with some of the writers I've had the chance to work with, they really know what they're doing and what they're doing has such a point. I, I don't want to get in there and start uh, injecting too much of myself in there you know, with things that get away from the script. But at the same time, I want to make sure that the storytelling flows as, as well as it possibly can and that things, you know, just move cinematically as, as well as they can. Right now, it's entirely working. Almost every time I've worked with a writer, it's, it's really worked well being able to um, take on a bit of a storytelling role, but also trying to be as respectful as I can to, to what's there. And you asked about movies, like watching movies and how that affects me. I find I can watch a movie that I hate and I'm not even really paying attention to what's happening in the story. I'm just watching how they're pulling off the shots. And if that's well done, I don't care. I love the movie. So, you know, I love some of the, the Disney cartoons that are coming out right now. Like Big Hero 6, so well done. I think I've seen that movie. Well, I've got little kids, so I've seen that movie a lot. And, you know. I find myself watching that, movies more objectively like that, too. I, I really don't care about the stories in a lot. I'm, I'm more interested in the angles and the, the, you know, cinematography and stuff like that. So I've always yeah. wondered, you know, how comic artists, you know, either read other comics or watched movies because, you know, comics kind of are like films on paper and a great artist can make it seem like, you know, seamless, you know, with the panel displays and the, and the rhythm and things like that. So I just wanted to ask that question. And, um, I, well, I definitely try, you know, I do find though, I just watched the Batman Superman movie and... <laughs> I'm kind of watching it for the shots, but I'm such a huge fanboy with that stuff that I just end up watching the movie. I, you know, I need to see it again just to really, you know, get a, a a better sense of you know how they how they pulled some of the scenes off and see what I can get out of there. But I think I'll probably just end up watching it again then too. So. Did your time as a writer help you now as an artist because you can kind of understand how the writer's you know frame of mind 
is when they're coming up with their scripts and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. It really has. You know, before I wrote anything, I, I really, I was only peripherally aware of, of theme and, um, and how every scene has to drive that theme. And, and you can't just have a scene. You know, I would ask writers all the time, hey, writing for me, it really, it made me understand that, that writers start with a theme and that every scene that they're writing has to drive that theme home and has to also move the story forward. And I used to ask writers all the time for, you know, I'd love to draw this character in a scene, or I'd like to do, you know, whatever, some cool, you know, visual thing. And uh, I didn't really understand why uh, they would be so resistant. And, you know, I feel like I have a lot more respect for the story that they're trying to tell now from trying to write myself. Did you bring in the demon because he's one of your favorite characters? I did. I brought in the demon. Um, That's awesome. I, I always liked him. Simon Bisley drew him years ago. It was only a couple of panels. I just loved how it looked. And I also brought him in uh, because I, I was trying to do a bit of a supernatural take with Batman with the early issues. And I, I felt like that would really fit. It's something I, I kind of wish I would have you know, continued with a little bit more um, when the book went into the new numbering, but we kind of went in a different direction. Things got, you know, it's, I'll say this, it is tough to write. It is very, very difficult, a lot harder than I ever gave him credit for. And, uh, uh, you know, it's easy to, to get a script and say, Hey, you know, how long could this take? It's just words on paper. And you don't realize all the planning that goes in and then it gets rejected. And then you, you plan again, you know, and the back and forth and, you know, to finally get something that's a solid piece that you give to an artist is, it's not an easy thing. So, yeah, I've learned a lot of lessons with that stuff. And then near the end of that, that was when the New 52 was starting, right? Yeah, that was that was the New 52. I only got a few issues into to my Batman, and uh, they relaunched the whole line. It was, uh, the whole thing happened fast. You know, from concept to, to the books all coming out was, was not long at all. And, you know, my book got, it just so happened that we had just had a previous number one. So it wasn't ideal, but it's tough to complain about a new number one, <laughs> to be honest. You mentioned the the difficulty when you're meeting deadlines and now not only for doing deadlines for art, but also deadlines for writing and how tough that process is. When it comes to a situation where the two of you, both you and Meredith, are both meeting deadlines, whether it's on the same book or not, uh, how do you uh, balance that with, the, the parenting life because you have you have your kids uh, to also be worrying about uh you know before we started this meredith was talking to you guys quickly you know for a couple of minutes and she said she was raising the kids it's so not true i help out especially just for the record just for the record yeah you know they do sports and they uh they have to eat dinner and you know go to school so yeah that, that stuff can and especially you know with meredith working she's a lot more busy and she's you know, she's got stressful days. It's a stressful job. You know, drawing is stressful. I think writing really is more stressful. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've had to pick up the slack here and there. Meow. This is Selena Kyle. Some call me Catwoman. And when I'm not pulling the perfect crime snatching diamonds along with Batman's heart all over Gotham, I'm curled up next to my kitty and listening to Bat Force Radio. Um, was the issue, I think it's 14 of Brightest Day, was that paint or no? Uh, the, you mean it's the White Batman, Lantern? Batman, White Lantern. Yeah, that was, uh, that was an oil painting. That's fantastic. It's one of my favorite covers ever. 
Uh, yeah. You know, that one, I spent all weekend on it, and it just was not working, which happens to me a lot when I'm painting, especially. And I had to meet the deadline, and I finally just gave up, and I put it aside, and I just I started again, and it happened in a couple hours. And I think I was just so desperate to get it done that, you know, that he's got uh, his pouches on his belt, and they were just like one brush stroke. And um, the more I plan, there are times that, you know, planning is great, but I can actually plan myself into a corner and just kind of freak myself out. So <laughs> just having to sit down and get it done, sometimes it comes out better. Was it you that came up with the White Lantern or was it John's and then he told you to write uh, to draw it? Oh, yeah, that's all Jeff John's. All that okay. stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, I wish I could claim that one. That is not me. <laughs> Do you have a favorite cover or splash page that you consider like your um, signature piece or that you're most proud of? You know, and it can be any character, any book, anything. Um, you know, I, I think I would either go with uh, the first cover to Avengers, uh, New Avengers number one, which was actually, I drew a cover, and Bendis was frustrated because I kept drawing the same cover, which is true, you know. And so he had this idea. He wanted to do something very dark and um, kind of backlit with lightning, and he had like a red kind of a theme, which is how it came out, and I, I loved it. I, I just... I see that cover all the time at shows, probably more than anything that I've ever done. And it just, it stands out for me. It's, it's different and it, it just has a bit of a mysterious feel. So I, I think I might go with that one. Did you do covers for every Brightest Day title? No, I, uh, I, missed, I missed a bunch later on in the series. I started, I started falling behind. I was painting, which takes me way too long. Sometimes it'll go quickly. Sometimes it, it takes forever just because I don't know what I'm doing painting. And Batman was starting up, and and that really, you know, it 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 was a it was a long deadline. I had all kinds of time, and I didn't use that time. And then eventually, once the book was starting to really come right up, I, I had to start concentrating on it. So I, I missed a few, unfortunately. That's how I discovered you. Do you keep your original pages? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get them all back. All every artist that works for, you know, I think every company nowadays gets our back. There was a time, I, I hear stories all the time, but. You know, art in the seventies, it would it would just sit all at at the offices, and you know people would give them out if they came to visit, or they would just get destroyed. But that's a long time ago, before my time. Spill coffee on it, you know, no big deal. <laughs> I have done that. Done that. My my second job I ever did for Marvel, I did a twelve page story, and it was really I had such a bad reputation for timeliness that they gave me a couple little, you know kind of try this out and if it works great otherwise you hit the road and the second story that i did i had just finished working all week i had six pages on my desk i laid them all out to see you know how it was coming and i dumped coffee over every page oh my god was it tim horton's coffee uh, no no <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even that good <laughs> that would have made it better <laughs> so i had to turn it in like that because i, I couldn't draw them again so they were inked uh, all, you know, sepia. <laughs> <laughs> just pretend that you did it on purpose. Yeah, really. I was just, I was glad to keep working after that. It's a splash monster. Yeah, it's not the thing you want to have happen when you're trying to prove yourself. <laughs> when you're drawing, do you, like, listen to any specific type of uh, music or find inspiration in any certain thing? I, I went through a period last year where I was, I was doing all the self-help stuff, you know, so basically anything that I could find. And I found what I got out of that is, I don't think people really change that much. You basically have to deal with what you got. And I think all that stuff is, it's not for me. But, 
you know, I had fun fun listening to it. And uh, uh, right now I'm, I'm watching Sopranos again. I watched it, you know, back when it came out. I'm on season four. The problem is I go through this stuff way too fast because I'll just go episode after episode after episode while I work. So, I, I don't know. I think I might watch Game of Thrones. I missed a bit of that. Starting Sunday. Starting Sunday, yeah. Well, I haven't actually, I don't think I've seen the last two seasons. So, I have a lot. So, by the time I get to the new season, there should be a few. But, yeah, I mostly watch, I, I either watch horror movies. I've seen, I don't know, I've seen a lot. I, I want to say I've seen just about every horror movie there is, but then you guys are going to come up with ones I haven't seen. But, yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool to kind of use that vibe to kind of you know influence the tone of the book or the story yeah i don't know i don't know if it does or not you know maybe it does but well i've I never seen like you to... draw a happy batman so it's working whatever you're doing <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not a happy artist I, I struggle to draw people smiling i've been working on that i've really, you know before i sit down every day i spend about a half an hour just sketching which i never used to do but i'm trying to work on you know things that i don't traditionally do like people smiling and uh, feet. <laughs> so, you know, maybe uh, maybe I'll have a character smile at some point. <laughs> Will it be Alfred with his missing hand? <laughs> the nub. <laughs> I don't know. Captain Hook. I won't give the name, but I heard a uh, very well-known uh, professional comic artist at a, at a convention. Uh, this kid brought his portfolio up, and he wanted, you know, some uh, feedback, or young artists bring their work up to to you and other people. And um, yeah. he was looking over it and he was like, okay, for this character or these types of characters, you may want to watch some MMA to, to look at their fighting style and fighting poses and stuff like that. Is that something that you may use or, or do you draw any references from like sports or athletes? Uh, yeah, here and there. I. I've looked at a little MMA, uh, and it can be useful for, for some things. I find the punching, because they're actually trying to fight and win, they don't throw themselves into a, a huge punch and, and project it all the way out, because, you know, that's that's comic books and it's movies, but, you know, in a real fight, that'll just get you killed. So it's a little tough for that. I've been looking at, uh, what's it called, where people run around a city jumping all over things? Oh, it's parkour. Parkour. Yeah, that's parkour. That's stuff that just the, it's, it's. Yeah, there, there are a few things. I had actually, I had Batman throwing somebody over his head. And I ended up, I was really struggling with it, just getting the the right push into the pose. And I ended up looking at somebody throwing a cricket ball. Huh. Oh. Because they have a, a bit of an overhand throw, it really worked. So yeah, yeah I definitely yeah. do. Robin actually brought it up in, in Golden Dawn. You, you had an Easter egg where you uh, kind of gave a shout out to a local Windsor comic book store. Yeah, I believe it was uh, issue two of uh, Dark Knight, uh, the little neon sign that said Rogue's Gallery. Right. Well, it's a great store. So, you know, it's nice to, and I'm always, I end up drawing cities and I, I never know what to put on the sign. You can only write, you know, parking and laundromat so many times. So, yeah, it's nice to throw in stuff like that here and there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool thing to be able to show off to people. I'm actually standing in the shop right now. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's a fixture for Windsor, you know, and that's where I'm from. So uh, anytime I can throw in something that, you know, has a little meaning for me is great. Can you draw me as an extra in the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> just, just draw an old man. Just, just from the back. <laughs> 
He has a great ass. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, deal. Now <laughs> <laughs> now we have the, the trunkler in a book. That's what we got to do. Oh Our very own oh. personal super. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, Dave, I wanted to go back and ask you real quick, what, what is it like drawing and writing an ongoing Batman comic? I love it. It's great. You know, I, I, there are shots that I have in my head that I can actually get on the page and I don't have to wait for somebody to give it to me. And that's nice. And you know, I have a sense of the tone that I want a book to have. And to be able to just put that in there is is really gratifying. But, you know, writing is a huge, huge job, uh, even to do it badly, which, you know, I have experience with so yeah I, as much as I, I enjoy it I feel like I'm really not really a writer um, but I tend to be too much in the moment you know when I'm drawing a picture I'm drawing that one scene and I find for me to be able to keep a story straight over six issues or, or more it's it's too much for me especially having to sit down and draw every day that's it's such a mental shift I don't know how you know Frank Miller or, or some of the great writer artists have done it but I don't. I don't see myself doing that uh, anytime in the future, really. Mm, yeah, I can imagine. I always wondered if the process was more about separating the artist from the writer internally, or fusing them together. It must because I yeah. think one one can just start leaning towards more more one side of the process than the other. I can imagine. So I, I think you kind of have to. Yeah, and you know, as it is now, uh, you know, working with Meredith for me was a great, great experience. I I feel like she's a, a really human writer she writes characters that i i really like and that i root for working with tom king right now he just writes such a, a tight tight script i mean every word really resonates and has a purpose and i, I think the guy's a genius so you know uh, i would much rather take that opportunity than than try and do it all myself Mm. Oh, that's really good to hear especially considering that you're kind of spearheading the rebirth movement that DC's doing right now with the big Batman title so it's just it's pretty much music to everyone's ear at this point so that's that's really good yeah, yeah I really don't think, I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed with what he's doing I'm <laughs> very very happy thoughts on Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice I loved it <laughs> nice it seems to be uh, the majority of longtime comic fans did really love it and other people you think didn't. See, I don't know because I don't have Twitter anymore. I completely got off social media 100%. I never check it. I never check any kind of comic news. I find it makes me happier. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I don't actually really know what people think. That's anymore. a very smart thought, decision. It, yeah, exactly. It, it really does keep me a little more stable and just focused with the work because, you know, ultimately all I can control is what I have in front of me every day and try and make that as good as I can make it. And I love this job. Focusing on things other than what I love doing, I just, I found, uh, you know, there were things that I really liked about Twitter and I liked about being able to actually, you know, communicate directly with people. It's it's nice, but I, I found it was kind of taking me away from from the work. But yeah, I just, I love the movie. So I don't know if, you know, if everybody agrees with that, but uh, I thought it was phenomenal, you know. Definitely concur with that over here, the bad force. Uh, very, we felt it was very dense, but in a good way. And uh, yeah. They just give you so much. Like, sorry, I'm kind of interrupting. You hit me on something that I just I love that movie. There, there was a scene with um, with Bruce Wayne walking by Robin's costume, and you can see that the Joker has. And I would oh, yeah. guess that the Joker must have killed Robin. You know. Anyway, they never mention it. I don't even think they don't mention Robin in the movie, right? No. But uh, 
inside of just, uh, the suit now. Yeah, just putting that in there, it just, I just thought that was awesome. Yeah, I think that, they, one thing that's cool is that he mentions when he's talking to Alfred, he says, um, you, you know, uh, 20 years in Gotham, you know what promises are worth. Um, how many good guys are left? How many stayed that way? I think that's a little bit of a nod to a possible Robin right there, and that makes it even crazier to think what he's referring to. Red yeah. Hood. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know it's kind of storytelling that doesn't really hold your hand. It lets you kind of imagine and you know kind of project a, a bigger world, which I think that was really the point, right? They wanted to. It's not just a Batman movie. It's, yeah, they you didn't know, want to spoon feed you everything. Yeah. See, and that, that's ultimately the a setup for a Justice League movie. Yeah. I sure hope so. It's got to happen. I don't know how that couldn't happen. My my heart skipped several beats when when the uh, flash uh, the flash sequence came on. That was my favorite scene I think of the whole film. <laughs> yeah, great. We're in this period where DC is adapting that more mature dark tone onto the big screen from the comics, you know, and not and not necessarily adjusting its tone that might cater more towards I don't know Hollywood or the movie of the month goer or whatnot. So. You know, because all of these things are being shot directly out from the comic books. Even a lot of people are talking about um, the current Joker from Endgame, that that uh, visual style of his being maybe possibly being adapted onto the look he has in Suicide Squad and whatnot. So, you know, hopefully this this um, new phase of DC would just keep going the way it is. And, yeah, uh, I really, I hope so. I, I hope they don't change a thing. I saw a trailer actually when I was at the, the at that movie. I saw a trailer for Suicide Squad. Incredible! I think I'm I'm actually more excited about that movie than anything else right now. That's awesome. <laughs> do you have a favorite rogue or villain you like to draw? I do right now. I can't say who it is because I'm drawing him right now. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a <laughs> It was like a totally out of left field. I wouldn't have expected it, but I really, really like drawing it. Um, Does his name rhyme with Sister Peas? No. no. Oh, right. <laughs> that took me way too long. <laughs> I mean, I like them all. I really like Penguin. I haven't had a chance to draw Penguin for a long time. I, I don't know what it is. I, just, I, I think he's such a tragic kind of a character, too. He's got his position in life, but he, he can never really be happy because he's he's just so different, and um, he feels like he's always being judged. At least, I don't know if this is just me projecting, but I think that's why I like him so much. I feel like I really relate. Never feel Actually, like I fit in. You know, I think that's a lot of us, right? Yeah, interesting, because I, I just opened up a Batman Dark Knight number two from the first Dark Knight run. No wiki needed. Where you drew Penguin, and uh, your, wow, your vision of Penguin is, is quite detailed and tragic like this, the third panel the splash he's like has his head down and he's screaming and he's holding his you know face in his hands and he's screaming you idiot i can understand when you <laughs> mention tragic you're uh yeah he is a tragic character and uh man that's that's one mean looking penguin you render <laughs> <laughs> now uh over the years uh, there have been a lot of different uh a lot of different styles and tones uh in uh, in the different works that you've done, obviously different characters and different stories call for different kinds of tones. Uh, like something that you've done recently, like the the look of uh, your Wonder Woman work, versus mm -hmm. something like your work on uh, Death of Captain America, that issue with uh, Spider-Man and Rhino. Uh, how dark and grimy that was, where they're fighting in the cemetery and it's raining and they're they're all dirty. Uh, 
the, the, there's a real big contrast in different styles that you've done over the years. Uh, what should we expect to see in uh, in your Batman stuff when Rebirth starts? There's a little bit of modernity, modernity. <laughs> it's a little modern, a little bit, um, but it's it's definitely much more, you know, a darker, um, grimy kind of a style. I mean, that's that's what I love the most. I always like drawing all the the dirt and detail and make everything look lived in. And it's like the Star Wars kind of effect, you know, where it's it's uh, it's supposed to look like it's been around for a while and it's been used and abused. And I, I really like that. Hey, Graham, do you want to light it? Uh, should we light up the lightning round? Hold on, I'm eating some chicken. Like a true profession. <laughs> Grandma Batman brought in a delicious meal, and I'm, I'm partaking in it right now. Uh, hey, yeah, Dave, we usually, uh, every, with every interview we've done, we've done, like, um, Christina Wren from Dona Justice and uh, McNabb from uh, Legions of Gotham, who just published a book, and... Uh, all sorts of people. Um, we always have a lightning round in here, which is basically just a random number of questions we ask. Um, and you pretty much have to, if you could just give the first answer that comes to your head when asked the question. This is the kind of thing where I end up getting a call from DC tomorrow and they say, No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what are we you doing? <laughs> We've got a staple that we kind of stick to just because they're for fun. I mean, they really are just kind of get to know you better. And All right. Number one, favorite food? Uh, McDonald's. <laughs> nah. It's the truth. It's actually good in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> They've got the Number free health care had... to take care of you anyway, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> two, if you had to go through a mud fight with one, who would it be, Catwoman or Wonder Woman in a mud fight? Catwoman. Nice. Number three, plain or peanut M&Ms? <sighs> plain. Number four. Answer, I don't know. I like the play. <laughs> all about the chocolate. You were the chosen one. <laughs> Number four, how much do you deadlift? <laughs> oh, man. Not much. Not much. <laughs> A small child. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Number five, thin crust or deep dish pizza? Uh, thin crust. Oh, nice. Ding, ding. Oh, uh, boom. <laughs> that, that, that's the trunkler from Chicago who takes a great pride in his deep dish pizza. Don't mind it. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> he really does. Next one. Harley or Ivy on a date? Harley. Oh. Music. Only one date. I don't know if I can do but yeah. <laughs> Only one date. All right, next one. Uh, favorite music band? Metallica. Oh, nice. Nice. Favorite movie? Oh, no. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Too many came to mind at once. Thinking of all those indie horror movies that nobody. I know that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's like you, you know what? Something, just, you know, favorite recent. I saw that. Yeah, favorite recent movie that I, I've seen, and I don't know the name of it, so this is gonna be a total waste of time. But it's this movie. It was an indie horror movie. These two guys go on vacation. One of the guys is dying, and the guy that's dying ends up meeting this girl in a bar, and they go back, and she he wakes up, she's gone, and he's got like a bite on his neck. Anyway, the thrust of the movie, as it goes along, it turns out that he's turning into a vampire, and it's all done like you know, like uh, Blair Witch kind of style, which is you know everyone you know, nowadays. Anyway, I loved it. I thought it was just it was really great. None of you guys know what I'm talking about. I don't think anybody does. So, yeah, there you go. That's my answer. I'll, I'll probably see it on the movie network tomorrow and know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I wish I knew the, the name. It is a great movie, though. 
Hey, sweetheart, horror movies. Uh, have you ever seen Demonic Toys? No. Hang on. Oh, right I, I'm watch it tonight. Yeah, Demonic Toys. I think you get a kick out of it. It's a real B-movie uh, horror flick, but it's kind of entertaining, though. Crazy little toys in a factory killing people. And, uh, yeah, Sounds like a good creeps. one for the trunkler. Yeah, there's a, there's a nasty jack-in-the-box in it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you could bring someone famous back from the dead, who would it be? Uh, Jamba Sema. Oh. If you could choose one superpower to have, what would it be? Uh, stop time. Tweet deadline. <laughs> so you get to the <laughs> deadline. <laughs> Take that, DC. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be the, I mean, it's every comic artist's dream to have unlimited deadline time. Yeah. Well, well, we should know Frank, Frank Miller has that, doesn't he? Oh, shit. It seems like it. Jeez. Has a yeah. Favorite on screen Batman? Uh, ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. that's oh. awesome. We're, we're I don't know how Florida anybody can have a different one. I mean, you know, I respect people's opinion, but he was so good. It was mm. great. They did like a voice alter thing, so his voice just sounded incredibly cool, and he wasn't doing the I'm Batman, you know? So, and I love Christian Bale. I thought it was great, but. Christian, Christian Bale must be pissed. He's like, why couldn't I have one of those bloody voice modulators or whatever? <laughs> <should have> done <laughs> if you had to choose another profession, what would it be? I'd work in video games. Cool. Favorite color? Uh-huh. Uh, Dark Knight Black with extra okay, You know, this is, this is such a pretentious answer and whatever, but they all kind of work together, and it's how they kind of go to So it's hard for me to just pick a color. You know, like orange is great, but then you put blue beside it and... So, yeah, complimentary yeah. yeah, no, it's spoken like a true artist. Like, uh, and last one I got a uh, favorite cartoon growing up. Uh, the old Justice League cartoon. You know what I'm talking about? Like the early '80s. Super Friends. Late, Super Friends. Yeah. Super yeah. Friends, yeah. Gramps, do you have any bonus one? Bonus, yeah, bonus round. I've got a bonus one. If you and Jason Fabok went across the bridge to Eight Mile in Detroit. Who would win in a free-form rap battle? That's pretty good. That's good. <laughs> I think we'd both be toast. <laughs> <laughs> and? I'd just sit there and eat, to be honest. It'd be amazing. <laughs> who, who, who is your favorite hero or villain character to draw besides White Rabbit? Well, Batman is my favorite. I know it's, it's a predictable answer, but it's definitely Batman. So aside from Batman, I would say uh, the character that I have in mind and I've never drawn, I'd love to draw Azrael. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. The, the last time you were here on the shop, Dave, uh, I remember you grabbed the Sword of Azrael miniseries. Yeah. And I, I was, it was stuck in my mind for probably the next week, like, oh, He's going to do something with Azrael. He's going to do something with Azrael. I wanted to. I actually, I mentioned it to editorial. I said, yeah, I'd love to do something with him. And it didn't end up panning out. But yeah, I, I love Azrael. And, you know, that series with, it was Joe Quesada, inked by Kevin Nolan. They're such a great team together. Yeah, it's a great book. Denny O'Neill, anyway, it's good stuff. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. So many goddamn toys, mother... This is Batman Villains, a.k.a. The Trunkler. Keep that shit locked on Bad Force Radio. I know you can't talk too much about the upcoming series um, with, with Tom King, but how did that come about where, um, you know, you were doing Wonder Woman, and, and it, I mean, God, Lee, everybody loves 
what you're doing with Wonder Woman. Yeah. But how did that uh, come about to landing the big catch with with Batman? Well, it, honestly, it kind of happened the way that every book always happens. I, I just had a meeting. Um, they they you know what they're looking for in terms of publishing, and especially when you know times like this when they're really configuring the whole line. I think they have an idea of, of where they want every book, and they have a general idea of who they're looking for for different books. So. Um, yeah, it, well, like I said, I, I was I was talking about Azriel. I had a few other ideas, and this one came up, and I didn't even know the book was going to be available. And you know, I, I have to say, it's it's a bit of a task taking over a book after Greg Capullo. I mean, he did such an incredible job. Um, you know, I, I just thought, you know what, I, I wanted to do Batman very, very badly. I knew that it was something I wanted to get a chance to get back to. Um, I thought Tom King is is such a, a great writer. I just I just wanted to go for it. You know. That's awesome. I love how passionate you are about Batman because it's it's always the most passionate artists about you know specific characters that always do the most for them. Greg obviously applied a lot of passion during his run, and now that you know we've seen what you can do with Batman now. Now that you're returning to do Batman with such passion, it's just gonna, like I said earlier, just it's just gonna be phenomenal. You know, and plus this you and. Tom, I mean, I predict it's going to be another dynasty for Batman in this era. So trust us when we say we are right there beside you, cheering you on, one hundred percent. And you you know how crazy Batman fans are. If you had a poll of every comic artist in the business, I I think that Batman would probably be at least, you know, he'd have twice as many votes as any other character. So I feel very, very fortunate and blessed to be be drawing him for sure. Is is it more the visual sense of him or? everything behind him that appeals to you, you know, be, stubbing forth as an artist for Batman. Like, what would you describe as the main appeal to drawing Batman? Truthful, honest answer is really it's a visual appeal for me. Um, right. But, you know, that is really, it's only a part. I mean, Batman, I feel like my answer is going to somehow suggest that I wouldn't like Superman. And I love Superman for different reasons. But I love the fact that Batman is, he's a regular guy who has, you know, a bad hand dealt in life, you know, he kind of obsesses over it, but he he takes control and bends it to his will and defines his life to to beating it every day and he never lets anything stop him. And, you know, uh, I don't know how anybody, well, I think that's why he's such an enduring character for everyone. I think think he's the type of character that, like you mentioned it before, it, it lets both writer and artist kind of project some of their own you know, history and personality so easily, you know, onto yeah. this. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, you know, I mean, he's a, a multi-billionaire, and, you know, I, I can't relate with that part of it. <laughs> I would love to be a multi-billionaire. So. It's, not all, it's not all it's cracked up to me. <laughs> no, no. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll have to try it sometime. <laughs> I'm sitting here eating chicken. <laughs> Billionaires can eat chicken. Hey, hey, we talked about this one time, um, in one of our very first podcasts about um, what we called a Frankenbat, which was the idea that we take, you know, a commission idea to uh, a convention or several artists, and each artist would draw like one section or portion or an appendage uh, or feature of of Batman. And um, who would you have draw your Frankenbat? Oh, wow. You know, I've never done a commission like that. I've never seen, I've seen people do commissions where it's, you know, one person will draw Batman, another person will draw Superman. And those are a lot of fun, especially when, 
you know, it's like an Arthur Adams character on there. It's it's a lot of fun to get a chance to draw that. But yeah, I, you know, I would okay. So for my Batman, I would pick um, Kelly Jones, Simon Bisley, Tim Sale, Jim Lee. Um, what to do with wow. parts? To do which parts? Like, I would get Jim Lee the whole thing. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I I think Jim Lee he just does such a powerful presence for it, you know. Um, I, I would get Simon Bisley to do the head. He just mm. he's very like an evil kind of you know huge character. Uh, I'd get Frank Miller to do the hands. Nice. <laughs> uh, Kelly Jones to do the cape. Oh. Um, Nice. I'd get Frank Quietly to do the legs and the feet. There's too many artists. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> no. It'd be a cool concept, wouldn't it? I mean, I would, I would love to see yeah. this. Now. I think I would do that one for free. See, that's that's what I figured when I started spitballing that idea before. I I was thinking. See, I I think it's something that a lot of artists would like to be involved with, depending who else you were telling them was going to be involved. Yeah, yeah. I think you should do it. I I might have to start it up. So uh, don't be surprised if I. Uh, Come bothering you and Jay pretty soon. All right, to, to get it fired up. He doesn't want to do the feet though. Don't ask him. Yeah, feet. Well, I'm get I'm getting Rob Liefeld to do the feet. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Insert rock right there. <laughs> David, uh, quick question. Um, who's your who's your favorite Robin between Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Damian, Terry uh, Kelly? Damien. Bonus sure. points. Uh, bonus points if you say me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have to say Damien. I, I just, you know, he's such a contrast, and he's such a, he's like a, an anti-hero. He's a lot of fun. Besides Batman, what other, if you had the chance to pick any of the Bat family, you know, Batwoman, Batgirl, or uh, any of them, and you could pick one to draw like an art, let's say, who, which character would you pick besides Batman, but part of the Bat family? Uh, Nightwing. Yeah, for sure. I would love to draw six issues of Nightwing. That'd be a blast. If you could draw a Batman crossover with any characters, which characters do you think you'd like to, to cross over? So is this a crossover with a DC character or a Marvel character? Uh, let's non-DC. So yeah, Batman with whatever mm. non Non DC character, Daredevil. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I think I still have your address, Dave. I'm gonna send you something. Yeah. All right. Great. I would like to see your Batman on the same page with your Moon Knight. Oh, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, yeah. Like a like a black and white, they'd look like salt and pepper shakers. material. You mentioned earlier. Um, if you could do any job besides being an artist, you said video game. Uh, what kind of video games do you like? Do you like the first-person shooter? Do you like role-playing type games? I like first-person shooters, but I'm terrible at video games, so I don't like anything online. Casual, hardcore gamer. You know, my son is—he's—he's he's great. He plays online all the time. He wins all the time. I can't even play with him. But yeah, you know, Call of Duty, those sorts of games, I, I really like uh, the campaign where I can put it on. Yep. You know, normal, and uh, <laughs> um, Grand Theft Auto. I love that game. Right now, actually, all I'm really doing is just VR. I got the, the Oculus Rift, and uh, I'm going through a bunch of those ones. Mm. <clears throat> Have you uh, touched the Batman games at all? Uh, you know what? 
They're not really my favorite. I mean, they're yeah. they're really good games, but I, I don't really generally like games where I have to punch and kick usually because I like it. You know what? I would like it if they kept it simple. But for most people, that gets boring really fast. But for me, it's not boring because there's you know there's no skill level that I'm I'm moving up to. I just I end up not being able to play them very well. So you know, I always get the Batman games because they look great and I love them. And then I kind of crap out because I just can't keep up. You play like I do. I just run right into the middle of all the bad guys and just hit the the square button and start just punching and taking my hits like Rocky. Yeah, that's fun. That's, I can do that all day. But then you end up dying. And yeah, pretty much. I don't ever right. get the. Not get, I don't get the. Yeah, Gram- bonus. Gramps is Gramps is still at sixty percent on Arkham City. <laughs> 52. <laughs> 52. Oh, okay. I give you too much credit. On a PlayStation 3. <laughs> hey, Dave, real quick. Are you going to be at a New York Comic Con this year, do you think? I, I don't know definitively, but yeah, pretty much. I, I'm sure I'll be there. Okay. I'm all there. There every awesome. year. I, I know, you know, I'm not doing many shows this year. Just I'm, I'm so busy with work. I, I'm actually having to cancel and, and do like one day of shows that I've already agreed to. So. Oh, You're right. doing Motor City, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be in Motor City. <laughs> you might be the only reason I'm going. <laughs> there you go. I'll see you there. We missed you at, uh, we missed you at T2E2 this past year. I know you were there last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I was somewhere else the same weekend. I think I was yeah. in, in Mexico or... Mex- you know, it's been a busy year. I, I was in Mexico, yeah. uh, Brazil, and uh, England. Wow. Um, oh, wow, wow. Which is, you know, and it's great to be able to, you know, see the world, and, but it's it's a lot of traveling and, you know, especially when we bring the kids, it's like a big hole in my schedule. So I think I'm pretty much homebound for, for a bit. How did that dynamic work when um, you and your wife were working together on one title? Were there ever, I don't know, were there ever any collaborative issues or you really wanted this or she really wanted this and... And how did that that teamwork, you know, how cohesive and structured was that teamwork? Um, you know, it, it actually really was. Uh, I I can't say that I ever really wanted. I I went into the book liking where she wanted to go with it, and I really believed in the direction she had for it. So you know, we weren't really we weren't fighting over over anything major on it at all. And the one thing I really liked about it is she would write something pretty tight but uh, it was it was loose in terms of storytelling and i would actually sit down with her and lay out pages like we would do that together so you know i I got to control the storytelling of the book without dragging it away from what she was trying to do with it so it was it was collaborative really more than anything i'd say you know if we had any fights it was was scheduled it wasn't (laughs) Uh, I remember uh, Jim Lee posted a picture on uh, his Instagram uh, maybe in the last month or so where he was in the hotel room bathroom working on a cover while his family was sleeping in the next room. <laughs> that uh, probably sums up uh, some, of, some of your travel time. Oh, uh, he's nicer than I am. I just leave the light on. <laughs> <laughs> Puts on Metallica. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Jim Lee's doing it right now because... You know, he's such an emissary for the company that he's he's all over the place promoting, especially you know with the new uh, the new books coming up, and he's he's still working. You know, I don't know how he does it. He's got a lot of energy. Yeah, he's a machine. Yeah. 
Um, oh, hey, Dave, real quick. Um, we have, we posted um, a thing on our feed for our, our um, followers, and some of them wanted to ask uh, ask questions. We just chose one from uh, Ricky Random. Just wanted to know if uh, you will use anything from Batfleck for inspiration to the new book. For, sorry, from what? Oh, from uh, Batfleck is in uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. Uh, oh, applied. Uh, yes. Oh, sweet. Cool. Will be because I loved it. So, there you go, Ricky. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Batman uh, and uh, the Gotham Knight one would like to know what your favorite Batman movie is. Um, I don't know if that would be done justice. If that counts as a Batman movie at this point, or um, I'm gonna count it. Just... It's my favorite. So yes, yeah. It's it. You know, I love them all. I really did. But this is the first one that I thought, okay, this is exactly perfect. You know. Okay. Yeah. Like the old Tim uh, Tim Burton ones were a little too campy for me. I, I like something a little bit more serious. I mean, they're they're great, but they're a little campy. And then you know the uh, Christopher Nolan. That's right, right? Yeah. 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 They were incredible movies, but they they got a little bit too real world for me. You know, mm, just yeah. city and just yeah. design. Um, it's really my only complaint. I thought they were great movies, you know, just visually. Whereas this one here, I, I feel like it really it, it owed a lot to what he did with Batman, uh, which is I think great. But it also, uh, you know, the Batmobile. It went back to looking, you know, more like a, a cool sports car, but still had that kind of tank, you know, high tech look. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. This is a good mm. question. Um, uh, this guy named DSC four underscore twenty three oh four. Get an easier name, but he asked, <laughs> "What was your first idea for the suit?" Meaning, you know, you're following uh, Capullo, who designed this new, I guess, rebirth design for the suit. Um, mm-hmm. What was your first thoughts when you were given the title and saying, "Here's the suit. Now, just keep the suit like it is. We want this." Or did you want to kind of design your own suit in a way? I, I never want to design my own suit. It's not where I'm coming from at all. If I had my choice, I would be doing, you know, the classic Batman costume. Yeah. Uh, nice. And that's what I like. I guess I'm kind of a traditionalist. But, you know, that said, I was thrilled. I, I found out that uh, Greg was designing a costume before I saw it. And I was pretty happy about that anyway, because he, he really understands the lines of a character. And um, he kept things... Love Jim Lee's costume. I thought it was great. I had a hard time drawing it. It's very difficult for me. So, uh, you know, I thought Greg's perfect. His is like a, a blend of a retro style, kind of with, you know, the, a little bit of the new 52 influence. So, yeah, I could see how it would be <clears throat> more artist-friendly to draw. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and I it's- love what he did with the, the bat symbol on his chest. He gave it like a piping around it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a yellow... So it means that if I, and this happens to me all the time, I'll lean Batman forward or he's in a lot of shadow and you lose that bat symbol. But with that, that yellow, I can draw him completely shattered out and you still see his bat symbol. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Have, you, have um, you talked with Capullo any about, you know, anything going forward on the book? No, I, I'm, I've talked to him a bunch of times, but yeah, no, not about not about this stuff. I actually haven't talked to him. I think since uh, I knew I was doing Batman again, so no. Okay. Mm. So I I think Dave. So you will you be the last artist to ever draw the oval logo on Batman? 
you, you were the last one, right? And then when they rebooted, they went with the the big regular black chess piece, I believe, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I, you know, everything that's old is new again one day, so I'm sure that will come back at some point. But yeah, for now. On that post that we put up, uh, J Dog underscore Z asks, "What hardest part of Batman for you to draw? Is there just like one aspect of the suit that you know kind of?" Gives you gives you trouble, you know, like the cape or the, the gloves, maybe the belt, the, belt, um, the belly button. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, that. Of course, I think the hardest thing for me is I really like the shorts on a character, you know, and I know everybody laughs at them, but they they just really create nice, easy lines uh, and a good division when you're drawing. It, it's very artist friendly, uh, and not having that, it always creates problems for me. I find. Do you, do you find sometimes you're like, man, I can't draw this, you know, cod piece too small. It's Batman, but, you know, I've got to make the lines work, you know? <laughs> you know what? I remember when I first started drawing, I was learning from anatomy books. And, you know, they're anatomy books. So when I, I, I did a sample, like I think it was five pages or so, and I drew a character on there. Uh <laughs> Get a bulge, you know, and I showed it to some friends of mine before I showed it to anybody else, and they said, oh, well, I can't do that. So I, I erased it. I learned my lesson pretty early on. You have to kind of keep that Kendall. Unless you're Frank Miller hmm. drawing Superman. Did you see what he did? No, I, I don't know. I'm laughing, but I have no idea. Actually, it, it was, I think it was in uh, one of the Dark Knight 3 mini comics you know there's the the main comic book and then inside is a smaller mini comic like six page comic and you know he drew his uh very expressive form of superman but it, pretty much superman you know had a you know big boner it's hard to find <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there you go it's you know um, it's uh it's uh, powered by earth's yellow sun yeah. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't be laughing right now. <laughs> Besides Batman stories, um, when you've got some downtime, uh, alone time or whatever, um, is there a spe- is there a certain comic that you like reading or a certain character you like reading besides Batman? Um, or are you currently reading any any other stories when you do have downtime? You know, truthfully, right now, my downtime, I. I just watched the Lego, the latest Lego Justice League movie it just came out uh, mm-hmm. with my son, and he, we also watched the Justice League Teen Titans movie. I don't know if you guys know with Damien in it, right? Yeah, we, so I, I've seen that like four times now. He watches <laughs> the same thing over and over. So that's you know when it comes to superheroes and that's the and the Spider Man Ultimate Spider Man cartoon. I've watched a lot of that. So yeah, I'm watching a lot of the cartoons. Just this is almost like a golden era where the comics are influencing the collectibles directly. Where they're making you know from statues to action figures and stuff based directly on the artists that are drawing the current comics. Do you yeah. think that, or do you hope that maybe a David Finch line for action figures would ever come out? Yes. <laughs> oh yes, please. <laughs> you know, it'd be great. I, I wouldn't say no, of course. You know, um, honestly, that stuff is so outside of my control. It, it, I would love it. It would be phenomenal. 
and you know DC Direct has incredible sculptors. They do such an incredible job of you know, of capturing artists in in their their sculpts. So yeah, I'd be all for it. But uh, I, I really try and just concentrate on 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 the book. Mm-hmm. And you know that actually, I feel like it, it comes down to the writer more than anything. You know, a, a good artist can really drive sales on a book and, and help. You know, but it's really the writer that that builds and keeps an audience. And you know, and for a, a a comic to be iconic and be remembered, it needs to be a great story. So, you know, it's all on Tom King. Oh, we're in good Actually, hands. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but how far ahead are you from? For example, uh, when issue one drops, on average, how how many issues are you already working on? Are you already on like number three, number four? Um, I, okay, I don't actually exactly know when issue one drops. I think it's June. Is that right? June first. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, by then I'll be on issue four. April. Are you switching back and forth? Uh, is there going to be times where Mikael Janin is going to be on the book, or is he yeah. just doing covers? How it's going to work actually is I'm doing the first five issues and then it's going to be Mikel. He's doing five issues and I gather that we're going to have an extra issue by somebody else and then I'll do another five issues and it's going through a cycle like that because, you know, obviously nobody can do, there's certainly nobody working now can do um, an issue every two weeks. It's just, it's that, too much. That's awesome because you yeah. both are kick-ass artists. Yeah, he is. So it, I I've been talking about Batman this whole time. I haven't even talked about Mikel and the, the work that he's doing. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's really, really great. So, you know, I think the book is in, in good hands with him. Hey, you know what, Dave? Thank you so much. We, you know, it was, it was so great talking to you. We, we just really, really look forward to all the great work you're going to do with Batman and Tom. So thanks again. Mm-hmm. For being coming on. Thank well, you. Thank you so much. Thanks yeah, a lot, guys. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. You guys gotta have to you have to have me back sometime. With Tom King. Yeah, we'll we'll get yeah. you back on after uh, your your fifth issue, uh, so we can uh, tell you how great it's been. Sounds good. I'm in. All right, everyone. Thanks again for tuning into Bat Force Radio. I hope you enjoyed our talk with the great David Finch. Definitely subscribe to Bat Force Radio over on iTunes or SoundCloud for anything Batman or DC related. We cover breaking news comic book coverage, movies, video games, and media outlets, plus our Batman the Animated Series commentary episodes are going to start rolling out, and we have a ton of guests from the industry and world of Batman to start rolling through as well. So definitely hit us up over on Instagram, which is where our main feed is, that uh, handle is the Batforce, and over on Twitter, we are the underscore Batforce. Thanks again, everyone. Batforce out.